So today with Get Your Game Right, I have a guy that's coming on the show. He's a coach at Central Missouri currently. He coached at Hutchinson Community College is where we crossed paths. Uh, I, I highly respect him, his baseball knowledge. He taught me a lot of what I know uh, coming through the systems. And so we have Kyle Crooks, who's about to get your game right. Kyle, thanks for being on the show, man. Sure. It's a pleasure, Andy. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So, so first, first topic, I think we need to cover. Uh, I know that you're, you're a big proponent of finding ways to win ball games, however that goes down, right? Whether it's uh, a small ball, uh, doing the small things to help succeed. Mm -hmm. uh, would I be fair in saying that that's, that's your, your kind of your mindset and your philosophy uh, as a, as a team aspect? Yeah, I think so. I think the, the small things, uh, you know, tend, tend to get overlooked and you know, they, they tend to be things that, you know, I feel like in terms of the teams that I've had, we could take advantage of through the way we practiced and the way we focused on those things that, uh, you know, everybody's get taught how to hit and pitch and play defense. But, um, you know, recognizing those small things and those details and being able to take advantage of them, I think, are, are ways you can help uh, you can help your squad win. Yeah, I love how you, you went right at it with practice because I know when I, when I played for you at Hutch Juco, practice was extremely important. It wasn't just one of those things where we went out to hit some BP, you know, have a good time, whatever, and, and, and mess around. We had a focus, and there was kind of always a process and a, and a system that we relied on to uh, be successful on a daily basis. We kind of knew what we were getting into and we refined those skills through doing it over and over and over and, and kind of attaching to that process and, and that mindset. Yeah, no question. I think you use the words, you know, the system and the process and, you know, Andy, you caught me at, you know, my first head coaching gig really. Um, so, you know, hopefully I've developed and grown it some to, uh, um, to, to make it, you know, I guess to improve or to make it a little bit more. But the, the goal at the end of the day, and it was back then in 2005 moving forward, was to, to make practices um, difficult, and but to, to make them, you know, preparation for the game so that you guys could feel confident in what you've done to perform in the game. Yeah, and the more, the more game-like, and the more pressure you put on people in practice, because the game's going to amplify it regardless. You're right. And I talked about this, and I can't even remember who it was with. And it's such a good point. You know, we're, we're out there. Once you get in the game, the pressure's kind of on. You lose your mind a little bit, as much as you try to focus. But if you have those processes and systems implemented and you work on them daily and really attach to them, you're building up not only muscle memory through your swing, taking ground balls to where it becomes more and more natural, but the focus that you do it with, right? So instead of all of a sudden we're in the game and we have to perform, well, we've been performing practice, you know, for the last, the last two months. Then we go into the game and, and it, it prepares us for what we're about to do. No question. I think it's the manner in which you practice, right? I think, you know, everybody practices. Um, that's not different. Uh, how you practice uh, has a huge impact on on how you adjust or how you handle those situations. Um, the the easiest example for me to draw is, um, you know, I, I think everybody in high school, you know, as as they're coming up and even in the college ranks, you know, knows the guy that never really works on that detail. Let's just use use bunning as an example, and. You know, he, you know, BP is BP and they all take it and coach asks him to bunt and he never really, you know, he just never really puts his effort, heart and soul into it. So he just kind of does it or even doesn't do it and it's not a big deal. And it seems that that guy's always the guy up to the plate when coach is asking somebody to bunt in the game. And everybody, including that kid, is in massive panic and prayer mode um, because they know, you know, even though he was at practice and he was physically there, he, he's not going to get it done because he hasn't worked on it. Um, mm -hmm. And I think, you know, the intensity with which you practice is, is incredibly important. The focus with which you practice is incredibly important. So you can recognize those situations when you get into a game and be somewhat comfortable with them because you've, you've done it a million times, you know, at the same or at a close level of intensity to what the game is. You hit so many good points right there. 
you know, what you've always done, uh, from what I've seen, is you go in and you create a winning environment. It's, a, it's an environment that, that helps kids succeed to their potential. And a lot of the stuff that you're doing, I ran to the foul pole, I don't know how many times in, in batting practice. I, I wanted to get my swing on and hit some home runs. And if I couldn't get my bunts down, I ain't get my swing on, right? Right. And that's, that, that makes a kid focus. If I want to get my hacks, uh, especially, you know, at the junior college level, when you got 50-some guys out there, whatever we had at times, right. uh, if you want your, – your time that you actually get to hit on the field is very limited. And if you weren't focused on getting those bunts down, which adds that pressure, just like in a game. Another thing that I love, baseball is a game. They always say the ball will find you. The mm-hmm. situation will find you, too. If no you doubt. have a weakness or you there's something, how many times you see it? The guy goes down, a uh, new, new left fielder comes in, whatever it is. First, first uh, hitter up, first pitch, line drive right at him, and he's like, oh. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Baseball's got a way of exposing you the way you don't want to be exposed. Yeah, that's right. That's and right. like you said, it's always, it always seems like, uh, and that's part of the team aspect of baseball, is we have to depend on one another uh, that we're all getting the work in and doing the stuff that we need to be doing to help the team win when we need it. We need to move that runner. I don't care if you're the three-hole hitter, the four-hole hitter at the college level. Uh, your job is not to hit the ball over the fence yet most of the time, right? Your right. job is to, is to move that runner so then the guy behind you can drive him in. That's right. I mean, and, and the wording of that is really important to me, you know, and I think it's something that you and, and your teammates did as well or better than anybody is, you know, I, I, you know, I firmly believe, you know, if you get up, you know, if you're the three hole, the four hole, if you're Andy Dirks, if you're, you know, Noah Kroll or, or Luke Nacarado, it doesn't matter. And you get up there and you say, I get to move this guy over for my team. It doesn't mean you can't hit a home run. It just means your first, your first and your lone focus is to move that runner. And I'm sure you've moved a runner over and hit a double off the wall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if your mindset was right, and if it was team first, and if it was, you know, with an approach that was, that was what the team needed at that, that, at that time, as opposed to what you necessarily wanted to do. Um, I think, you know, first of all, the, the team was rewarded uh, and, and hopefully you were rewarded by the response from the team. But second of all, you probably got some hits as it was along the way anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I never, I always, and we, we had a strong sense of pride with what we were doing. Mm-hmm. It wasn't uh, about individual numbers. The individual numbers come. There's plenty of opportunities. You're going to get plenty of chances, uh, you know, to get your numbers where they need to be. If you're attached to the numbers, you're going to lose out on the process. And we, we just, uh, like you always stressed to us, and it, it helped me big time throughout my career, was let's, let's attach to a quality of bat as opposed to what uh, you might think in your head or society might say as a productive of bat. And whether it's seeing uh, 12 pitches, yeah, you, you might have got you. You might have hit the ground ball arcade. But, you know, you, you, you saw all of his pitches. You're up there battling. And you guys would always be like, hey, great at bat. And I yeah. think that's huge for a lot of the coaches out there that are listening to, to reward your guys and, and pat them on the back when they're doing things like that just as much as if, you know, they hit the double off the two RBI double off the wall, that helps a, a younger player attached to that process and, 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 and what you're trying to accomplish. No question. And I, I think, I mean, you know it, and, and I know it as bad as I was hitting is really hard, um, you know, in that regard. And again, and finding, finding things that we know, or we, you know, we believe that will lead you to success even without the immediate gratification of a result of a hit of a double, you know, of a home run or whatever it may be, um, are, 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 I think exactly what the process is and pushing that process, um, without necessarily having our eyes on the results because the results will come as a byproduct of continuing to work on the things, you know, that matter that, that, that will lead to those results. And, um, you know, the, the attempt is, is to try to, you can't, I don't know, you can simplify the game, but try to take some of the pressure off the player because if you walk into the batter's box every second thinking I got to get a hit, that's going to be a rough way to live. Um, that's a terrible way to live. Yeah. Yeah. That'll make you, that'll, that'll get you in and out of the game very quickly. 
And, yeah. and, you know, with the get your game right program, the whole the whole idea is to simplify these mindsets, these thought processes to achievable goals. You mm-hmm. know, hitting, obviously, uh, that's something that I did a lot of. Yep. So on the hitting aspect, you know, any and I have my slump buster toolkit and things like that that are, are showing ways to simplify. And like you said, over time, if you're doing these things constantly and it's repetition and, and, and being focused every at bat, if you're trying to hit the ball hard up the middle every single at bat, that's that's a fail proof plan. There is no way around it. You know, you're, you're going to learn to uh, adjust in different ways as you grow as a player. But if you're up there literally just trying to hit the ball hard, and I just had the, the conversation the other day with somebody about plate discipline, you know, and mm-hmm. it's something that drives coaches nuts. It drives people nuts when you see that kid and he's out there and he's just swinging at everything. And you're like, why are you swinging at that ball? Right. Right. Uh, you need to be more patient at the plate. Then what happens is a kid gets timid. Right. And then he's not swinging at pitches he should. He's swinging at pitches he shouldn't. He's confused. And that's just one example of where a very easy and achievable plan, say he's swinging at high pitches, which was one of my issues, then I would focus in on how do I hit this ball as hard as possible off the pitcher's foot. Right. All that did was focus my, my concentration down. I had to get a pitch that was lower in the zone because mm-hmm. I can't physically hit a pitch that's up around my, my numbers or higher down to hit like a screaming one hop uh, uh, ground ball off his foot. Right. Right. But now with that takeaway, if you achieve that, and sometimes I would just hit a a hard ground ball at the shortstop. To me, that was a success. No question. Because I know if I, okay, that's, that's improvement. And if I stick with that, the next one's going to go up the middle. The next one's going to be a double in the gap, you know, and that's, that's what's hard for kids to understand is just because you didn't get that immediate result it doesn't mean that what you're doing is wrong. Right. That's exactly right. And I mean, that you're, that's, I think that's the hardest part about, you know, teaching and, and thing, you know, I think teaching, teaching the swing or teaching the offensive game and, and taking the focus off of the immediate result of the hit and the gratification of, you know, being at first base and, you know, getting high fives from space coach and putting it on, what you know what you're going to be doing time after time again and understanding that you know for example and you know the easiest example is if you're going to hit 300 people are going to pat you on the back well what for your first seven you know does that Mm -hmm. mean can you hit 300 still you sure can you know but how did you get to that 0 for 7 what what did you do what are you doing Are, are you know do you have a process in terms of uh, you know, a plan and, and what you're trying to do to improve um, or to develop what you're doing, or are you just, you know, are you just up there hoping? Uh, there is a huge difference between <laughs> between hoping that you go three for seven or three for ten, and um, and actually working to do it. And then what your mindset is when you don't get the immediate result, because the guy that goes three for ten and gets his last three hits, and a guy that goes three for ten and the first three hits of the ten are are where he gets them are you know, are the same. It's still three for 10. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, your, your ability to manage the ups and the downs of what that is, um, are, and your processes in terms of, you, you, you know, your plan, like you said, you know, I'm going to hit, I'm going to eliminate this pitch by having this outcome is what I want every single time. Mm-hmm. And that produces a thought process. It produces a body movement. It produces a plan for you to go up and hunt a certain pitch because you can't hit a ball off a pitcher's foot and sit your eyes and your body knows it. So you don't do it. Yeah. It's amazing how, how, how well that works too. And if, if anybody out there has never tried that kind of uh, mental approach, I would say keep it simple and definitely try to work on it. You know, we're big, we're huge. You have to have mechanics in the game. Sure. What I see a lot of times is, is for most people, when say the guy that's over his first seven and you know, maybe he is a, a natural, maybe he, he can be a 300 hitter and he's over seven instead of still attaching that process, knowing, Hey, you know, I'm going to get my hits. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about it. The over seven breeds in their mind. I need to change something where if he was three, the first three, he gets the, the three hits out of the, out of the 10, right? Right. He's like I'm the man. I'm good. Right. Like, I don't need to change. Both of them. Yeah are wrong you right, know what i mean exactly because right. what happens yeah. is the the first three hits 
you get the first three hits, then you get complacent with the mindset. Mm-hmm. If you don't get the hits, you're changing something. And most people, it's inevitable. We like, we think we need to be changing all the time if we're not getting a result. Right. And they try to change big stuff in their mechanics and then, and, and things like that, that, that really aren't going to get them where they want to go. Your swing is kind of what it is. We can refine that through an approach at the plate. Right. Yep. yep. And sample size, I mean, the, for understanding, I mean, the sample size, I don't know how many people think in those terms, but you know, lot large changes and, 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 you know, massive, massive swing corrections or, as you said, probably aren't necessary at all. Uh, but if you were going to make them, I mean, you're not going to make them when you're trying to get, you know, when you're trying to get hits that matter and trying to get results that matter, <laughs> probably going to make them in the off season. Um, or in, in, an, in an environment that, that doesn't lend itself to you having to beat the guy on the mound. Um, and, uh, you know, also, like you said, also understanding that just because you've got, you know, this, I, I believe this to be true. This game humbles people more than in, you know, as, as much as life does in, in any way, shape and form. And you go three for your first three and expect that to roll out for the next 10 ABs. And you're, you're going to get punched in the face. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, uh, and that's, you know, and again, in, in each of those situations, you find the guy that, you know, the, the player that whose head starts to swim and starts to listen to everybody and is tweaking everything. And the next thing you know, they've lost the feel for what they were doing to begin with. Um, and, and having, again, that, that solid routine, a solid um, understanding of what the base foundation of their swing mechanic is and having a, a foundation for what their um, their approach should be an approach is so it just you know it it's so important that's what I think I mean situational hitting is the greatest thing to happen to me ever um, hey we don't need you to get hit we just need you to move a guy over well that's awesome you know that's that's the best thing ever you know it's to me it's a similar thing to you hitting a ball off the pitcher's foot that mm-hmm. that that gives me an idea of what I need to hunt why I need to hunt it and where I need to hit it well that kind of eliminates some other things and well, the first one is pressure Right. You know, that's exactly right. We naturally put a ton of pressure on ourselves. And there's a lot of ways to think about this. I always tell people, trust me, you're not as important as you think you are. You know, <laughs> if you don't get a hit, nobody cares that much. Maybe, maybe your, your mom and dad, uh, the guys on the team, I mean, they're there a little bit. I always use the example, if I walk out right now and get hit by a bus, as much as I've done in my life and things like that, really, my mom would be very sad. My wife would be very sad. My kids would, there's too young to even really know. Uh, so I'd have a few people that are very sad. Everybody else just moves on with life. Right. As, as morbid as that might sound, you have to understand some of those concepts. So when you're, when you're, when you are struggling, trust me, nobody really wants to hear about it, <laughs> you know, and that's right. part of what you were talking about. So how do we, how do we become what I'm trying to create is more of the independent ball player, the ball player that, that understands their swing a little bit, understands their mindset, what's going to work for them individually. Cause we're all different. Mm-hmm. And then like you said, and I I'm a huge believer in some kind of a routine, a routine and you develop them over time. I think a simple routine is best, you know, yep. okay. When I get to practice, uh, if I'm going to get there early and I'm going to take, you know, some front flips, uh, every single day that I played professionally and even in college, I would go out to the cage. I would take, you know, five to 10 off the tee. Cause I think you can, I think you can overwork the tee. Big I agree. Ball ain't moving it, there. So. Yeah. You can overwork that tee. And a lot of guys, uh, they think that the tee is the best thing since sliced bread. I'll tell you one thing, Miguel Cabrera, when he won the triple, I've never seen Miguel Cabrera hit, hit off the tee ever. Right. He's a triple crown winner. So had a pretty good uh, he, he liked the ball coming at him. And here's why he felt his swing path and his mindset you know, if he wants to hit the ball to right center field, which is his bread and butter, mm-hmm. off the tee, he, he can put the ball in all these different spots and accomplish that goal. Right. But when it's coming at you, your body moves differently. Yeah, there's space. There's space and time involved. So I'm a huge believer in front flips. For those of you that don't know what that is, turn the L screen around, set on a bucket. As a coach, you get a set, set on, your, on your butt and flip <laughs> balls at guys from about 15 feet. 
I think there's no better way for a kid to kind of start understanding his swing than I doing agree. that. I agree. Because there's That's a little the... timing involved. There's a little path involved. There's a little, okay, this is more how uh, an approach that I might need to have. Now, for your coach, and we might even do a little quick shot on this, you know, take your hand back to let them kind of get a load. Right. So it's a timing. Hand back, throw it forward. Nice and easy, right. right? And do it the same every time, coaches. Stiff wrist and feet it firm. <laughs> yep, yep. And then the cool thing is, too, then you can work the plate a little bit. So they can right. learn because you can be pretty precise and throw yep. them on the outer half. If a guy's struggling there, start throwing them balls there until he, he can kind of groove it, right? Right. And all, what's, what are we breeding there? Confidence. Absolutely. And, you know, you want to call it muscle memory or you want to call it anything else. You're, you're, you're absolutely – you're developing a plan. And you're developing an understanding of what things feel like. Um, you know, so mentally you hit it like confidence. That's, you know, the more you practice, the better you are. The more you practice, the more prepared you are. And you know it when you walk into the box. Mm-hmm. You knew when you walked in the box, whether you were at Hutch Juco or, or Wichita State or with the Tigers, I prepared to be in this moment and a certain amount of confidence was, was developed or was carried into the box based on what you did. Or at least that's, that's how it appeared to me. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the other, you know, so that to me is probably the most important thing you're doing. Um, and then and then you are, you know, you're training your body to do the right thing. And like you said, the coach has a little bit better ability to continue to repeat that movement over and over again. Yeah. So let's break let's break it down just a little bit at, at the college level, the way you run your program. Uh, I always like to pick guys brains and get ideas on this. So what's a day look like at uh, Central Missouri? Okay, guys are getting to practice. Some guys are rolling in early. Uh, is that the time? Uh, do you have a segmented time for guys' routine, or is it on them? So, um, you know, yes, yes to both. Um, so we really work on routines as a you know we try to we try to I don't maybe force feed them a little bit. Um, because a lot of guys come in without a routine, especially the more talented players. Uh, they're mm-hmm. used to having success, and we know that they're going to get humbled a little bit when they get here. Uh, so we want to provide them with some tools to help them right away um, start to create a routine for positive and for negative. So we do, you know, the 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 early voluntary mandatory BP um, before practice, and uh, you know we set them up in in certain situations. So we've got the live BP out on the field. We've got a the pitching machine throwing bunts behind the turtle. Um, we've got a couple shag groups, a couple base running groups, uh, and a couple groups up in the cage. And in the cages, we're firing with the daddy hack at like, you know, 50 feet and 100 miles an hour. And another machine that's fired up pretty high too. That's you know that's probably throwing a a better slider that they're going to see, you know, uh, mm-hmm. than they're going to see here. And so they're going to experience some failure. And we still run to the foul pole if they don't get their bunts. So we're putting them in a, you know, kind of a, an environment where there's some pressure. Uh, and we stick a red plate, turtle, and a green plate. And it's just a visual for them when they walk out from taking their BP on the field, going to the red plate, you just had a bad round. What do you do? What do you think about? What are your, you know, what are your practice swings going to be? What are you going to do to get rid of the last round to get into the next round? Um, and then with the green plate, you know, what do you do to keep that feel? What are your thought processes? What are your swing, you know, what are your swing feels and so on? And that's the mental side of it. And then in terms of the routine that we encourage that I think the best players do that like yourself is after practice, what do good hitters do more than all the other hitters? They swing hit. more. They hit more. They <laughs> yeah. hit more. So, you know, when, when you, when, when those guys stay after practice and they take flips to feel good or, you know, to feel better or because they feel good and they want to keep that feel going, they do that. And there's, I can give you a list of basically our entire starting lineup and the guy, those are the guys that stayed extra all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and they culture of routine and created a culture of work and it created, a, you know, a culture of understanding, even for the young, you know, it's amazing you know, what, what the player will learn um, when you got a couple 50 year seniors that have been in the lineup for three years that are hitting extra every day, you know, the intelligent freshman goes, huh, well, if they're doing it, I probably should. Yeah. 
And that's, that's creating that winning environment. And, and that stuff, that stuff will benefit you in life as well. No question. No question. So they they do that and they develop their routine and they, that's when they get to do things and take some ownership in their, and in their career, you know, that's when they get to go, Hey, Crooks, can you flip to me? Or, Hey, Mm -hmm. Crooks, can you throw? Or, Hey, can you turn the machine on? Or whatever is going to make them feel like they're prepared to have success going into the next day. And, and that's when we give them the choice and that's when they start to develop a routine and, you know, by, by the end of it, I'll know how many rounds they want and what they want, and I could do it in my sleep, and so can they. And that, that, to me, is what makes them feel right, and that's what it's for. No doubt. And for anybody out there that's listening that thinks that this stuff doesn't apply uh, to everybody, uh, I saw Victor Martinez do it. I saw Prince Fielder do it. I saw Miguel Cabrera do it. All these people would say – you'd say they're, they're pretty – pretty good hitters right yeah, these right. guys are at the top of the game and and doing things in the big leagues that are are phenomenal and they are doing it so with that we should tell any kid out there anybody listening any dad any any girl that plays softball if those guys are doing it you better be doing it too right like find a routine and the cool thing about it is is it's going to develop over time so don't feel like well, I have to hit 10 balls off the tee, and then I have to take three rounds of front flip. You, you got to start somewhere, at least right. start somewhere. And I know it's harder for younger kids because, you know, there's a little, it's a little tougher if a kid's uh, playing on his little league team, they show up to the game, their parents get them there five minutes early, uh, you know. Like, right. there's only so much you can control. But don't let that stop you from at least mentally being aware of, okay, maybe, maybe I get there, the first thing I'm going to do is get to the dugout as quickly as possible and I'm to put my cleats on and then I'm going to go out to the outfield and run a few sprints, something like along those lines, as opposed yeah. to just, just sitting there and saying, you know what, I'm going to sit here uh, and, and talk to my buddy about that, uh, that last video game that I was playing. Fortnite. God love it. Fortnite. That's all. Whatever that is. Uh, yeah. Talk about Fortnite or something. There's a time and a place for that. And I think baseball should be a relaxed game to a point, but there's also a time to, to be out there with a purpose, to practice with a purpose, to prepare with a purpose. Right. Mm-hmm. And all those things, all it's trying to do is give you confidence and help breed the success when you get onto the field. It's, right. it's really not that challenging or complicated. So if you don't have anything to go off of, and most, most coaches out there, uh, they're volunteering their time that, you know, at the little league level at the younger kids, you can't expect them to say, Hey, this is going to be our routine for the day. Some guys do probably a decent job of it, but overall it's going to be kind of up to you. So if you're a dad listening or you're a kid listening, try to come up with something that might either work for your kid. If you're a kid out there listening or or a, a professional baseball player, whoever it is, start working towards that goal of every day that I go to the yard, I'm going to kind of have a little plan when I get there. Right. Yep. And, and I guarantee you, mom or dad got, has zero issue getting you there five minutes early if you need an extra five minutes to take dry hacks or to, you know, you know, like you said, take a couple sprints or a couple, you know, a jog around the outfield or whatever it may be. I'm, I'm pretty sure that the stop at Sonic or McDonald's can get shorter or the, yeah. uh, the, the departure time can be a little bit earlier for the little ones who have a little bit less control over, you know, when they arrive. But but there's no question a routine is hugely important. Yeah. And it's as simple as, uh, you know, getting up and making your bed, something like that. Right. That's good... something that you do time and time again, yep. that's repeatable that you can control. And then what it'll make you do is start understanding. There are things in life I can control and there are things in life I can't. Right. So where does our focus need to be on a daily basis? I would definitely say, and I think anybody out there listening, it's a no brainer. Let's focus on the things we can control. Yep. It's extremely hard to do, but having these processes and, and, and having that focus and, and your routine and things of that nature, they breed focusing on things you can control, which leads to success. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and really those routines um, to take it a step further and you played at a much higher level than I'd ever thought about it. But to me, those routines breed some comfort and they breed, you know, the, the ability or create the ability um, to remove some panic uh, mm-hmm. that that I think creeps in or doubt or whatever you want to call it. 
Um, because you should care and, you know, emotions run high. You get into a competitive situation in high school baseball when Haven's playing Hutch or whatever the case. And, you know, your heartbeat goes a little faster. Your breathing gets a little bit short. And, and to be able to put yourself in, in a, a situation that you've controlled time and time again that you're comfortable in allows you to control that moment. It may not control your result but it puts you in the best possible frame of mind to, you know, to have a good result. Yeah. I love that you use the word panic. So the perfect example is, you know, you got the lineup card up there, the kids look at it, whatever. Right. It, it's inevitable over the course of the season, somebody's supposed to be walking to the plate and he's over there uh, chewing, spitting uh, sunflower seeds, uh, twiddling his thumbs. Right. Hey, you're up. Hey, Johnny, you're up. Well, he's already done. I've never, I've never seen a guy succeed like that. Right. Right. He's trying to find his helmet. Where are my batting gloves? Screw the batting gloves. I, uh, which bat am I going to use? I don't care. And he runs up there and the result is going to show that his preparation was lacking. Right. Cause he's panicked. He's not even thinking he's more worried about how mad the coach is at him right now for not knowing his spot in the lineup and worried about, Oh, you know what? He's not even worried about the game at that point or the right. baseball. So for me, you know, as a role, more of a role player at times in the big leagues, I understood that, that, hey, I might go in as a left-handed hitter if, a, if the left-handed starter was out there, that I'm going to – I might have an opportunity to play today. Mm-hmm. And it's not a guarantee. And it's, it's definitely a different mindset. What I always did was I watched the game, and you can learn as much from watching the game. So for anybody out there who's finding their, their – uh, their butt on the bench and they're getting the the bleacher butt whatever you want to call it don't let that keep you from becoming better or being prepared go run if go run down to the foul pulling back between innings always be doing something to keep you focused it's a it's a two and a half hour game if you can't give a guy if you can't give a team your teammates or your coaches the respect of focusing for two and a half three hours uh, you're what are you gonna do you're, you don't even want to be there that's what that's telling me that's exactly right and I like the more and more I get into this so you know over the course of your career and my career we've watched a lot of baseball um, by by the sheer force of and and activity of just watching the game I've become a better player um, mm-hmm. and you can and I'm sure you've done this at times but you can pick up a lot of things as a hitter, you know, which is probably what we're talking about most um, that can make you a better player that can prepare you. So if you're paying attention to the game and you see a guy tipping pitches, you, first of all, you can tell your teammates, but second of all, you can know, and you can know, you know, and you can be aware and you can have success. Um, or if you under, you know, if you start to see a certain, um, a certain pattern in the pitching, you know, as you get into the high school and the college levels, um, you know, if, if you see something you can take advantage of, whether it's positioning or something else, if you're giving your attention and your effort to your team in that game, you're giving something to your team, regardless of whether you're playing, but you're also putting yourself in the best possible position to have success moving forward. Um, so that when you do get your opportunity and you do get your bunt down or you do sit on the OO slider, cause you know, that's what he's going to throw. Um, mm-hmm. guess what? You may find yourself in the lineup the next day. Uh, that's right. And that's, that's how you put yourself in a position to have success. Well, cause in, in baseball and in life, a, a big key point to understand is you're not owed anything. Right. I don't care how talented you are. There is nobody owes you. This game owes you nothing. Uh, I love it when, and I can't, I was talking to somebody, another coach and it's kind of give the guys who aren't starting that day or give the, the next day starting pitcher, uh, jobs, yep. you know, the, the next day starting pitcher, maybe he needs to do the pitching chart for the guy before him or whatever it is. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, to where he's locked into the game that day or, you know, give, give a guy a little kid and say, you're, even at the youngest level, give him a job and say, Hey, you know, maybe your job is to go warm up the left fielder. Yeah. Things like that. Like all those little jobs, if you're giving them something to focus on, it can give a kid a sense of accomplishment when he's not even playing. And a role like that, like for, I got a 10 year old kid and there was 
12 kids on the team. So, you know, there was two or three kids, depending on the day, that weren't, you know, weren't on the field. And those dudes would fight to warm up the left fielder or the right fielder because mm-hmm. they, they wanted to be a part of something or role. And, you know, it's, it's a, you know, it's a, and then, you know, the kid that didn't get to warm up the outfielder, he went and got foul balls. But, man, mm-hmm. those kids attach themselves to those things. They want to do something. So give mm-hmm. them something to do. And it can be productive, you know, give them pitch clicker and tell them to count pitches. Let me know when that guy gets to 60. So I know when I can make a pitching change or whatever the case may be um, and keep them involved. As you said, you know, starting pitchers, you know, the day, the day after typically get that game chart, you know, for position players, we give them a base running chart and try to pick up every single thing that we can. Yeah. I, I'm sure you know it too. I don't know how many pitchers tip pitches out of the hand or out of the glove mm-hmm. with ticks or whatever else. And, um, those things, you know, are hugely important. And you can, again, start to take some pride in the helping your team in, in, That's right. in this regard. And it's, and it is about, if you can invest in other people and not make it about you, you're going to end up getting rewarded yourself through that process. And all this, all this stuff and in today's game, it is different for a young kid. Cause now they have these showcase teams and travel ball and they're playing fall ball. Yep. There's a big disconnect from what I've seen in the true spirit and the aspect of the team. And once the kid then goes to a college or a high school or whatever, and is playing on a team, he's, he's less aware or, or thinks it's not as important. These concepts that we're talking about as far as being a, a team guy and a team player, so how does a guy? How does a guy that's getting shifted all over the country? And there's kids that, uh, from Michigan that go down to Texas to play uh, on a select team, right? right. So right. how do how do you keep the the team aspect? Uh, how do you breed that and instill that while you're doing that? It's very challenging. Yeah, it really is. I mean, so for so for us at our level, just in terms of recruiting kids and everything, we talk about it. I mean, showcase baseball is setting them up to be selfish. Um, mm-hmm just the, 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 the foundation of it. And you can't undo it. You can't go back and, and go back to Legion. It's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it is what it is. But it is, you know, to recognize what it is, people are paying money so they can be seen, so they can get recruited. There's nothing about team there at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, so when we recruit those kids, recognizing their talent, um, we sit down and talk to them and their parents what matters to us as a college as a college coaching staff and team and the culture that we want to have and and a lot of I say a lot of it you know more than half of it has nothing to do with the baseball side of it you're in the office you're already pretty good mm-hmm. about what kind of are you willing to be are you willing to invest in your other teammates are you willing to do you know the are you willing to stay after and hit and create those routines not just for you but for you know, for the fact that, you know, your team needs you to be a better player. Um, you know, are you willing to be a good person and go to class? Cause you know what happens when somebody don't go to class. Um, yeah. It's not fun. It, no <laughs> team time is awesome. But um, that's, that's creating those investments in each other. And yep. a lot of that. So at the end of the day, when, when Kyle Crooks is six feet under right. and, and what he's done throughout his entire baseball career I think for you, the, at the end of the day, what you would like on your gravestone is I help create good humans. That's right. That's, that's exactly right. I want to make people better, better. I want them to be the best versions of themselves when they walk out of this program. A degree, a better baseball player, a better human, a better person, a better student, a better dad, a better husband. Um, you know, because all of those decisions are – you know, we're talking about baseball now because that's what brings us together and that's our, com- you know, our common common thread. But, um, you know, you can equate caring about getting a bunt down to caring about changing your kid's diaper. Um, mm-hmm. you, know, it, you know, nobody wants to shove our nose in that, but you and I both know that there's a time and a place that we got to do that. Um, yeah. And, yeah. And yeah. overall, at the end of the day, uh, the whole team ideas and all this stuff that, that we've been talking about today, it, it relates to life. And if you don't see the connection there and, and anybody that's just because, you know, baseball has changed and we're doing showcases and travel ball and stuff, I, I will stress, never be, never think you're too good. Be the guy that if the catcher was out there, 
and I don't care if it's your first day at the showcase camp or whatever. If your guy was out there for uh, seven innings, nine innings, whatever, and it's 112 degrees and the game's over and he's putting his stuff in his catcher's bag and headed to a bus or his car or whatever, carry it for him. Be selfless. Yeah. Carry, carry the balls uh, from the coach's car to BP. I do not like suck-ups. Right. I, I will be the first to say, don't be – you don't have to – it's not being a suck-up. It's genuinely caring – the more stuff like that that you do, the easier it becomes, the more confident you get as far as being a team player. And for people that don't think a team matters, there's examples and examples and examples, again, of guys uh, who were playing on a team who were pretty good, a, a recruiting coach or a college coach or somebody comes to watch that guy. But what he notices while he's watching that guy who might be draft eligible, might not be, but he's just a prospect, whatever. They see this other guy. Yep. And this other guy is just focused on being a good baseball player and playing the game the right way. And the next thing you know, he's got a scholar college scholarship. He's gonna get drafted. He's making the varsity team, right? Yep. It when your opportunities come, you cannot control. But just know that there's always somebody out there watching and there's always somebody paying attention. And if it's not you right away, don't worry. You don't have to. It's not a matter of I need to go have my kid. I need to pay $250 to go get him seen here and $300 to go get him seen here. A lot of that's just a big money suck. They're just right. punching parents right in the wallet. Yep. Yep. Your kid, if he's got some talent and he starts attaching to some of this stuff like we've talked about. I think it's inevitable. The cream always rises. Yep. Yeah, no, there's no question. And, uh, you know, we talked about all the things, you know, in terms of preparing to have success. Uh, but in that same vein of having somebody come to watch and you never know when somebody's going to be there, you know, you're, you know, just based on the numbers as, as an offensive player, you're going to fail far more often than you succeed. So when a coach, player or another team or whatever and you happen to fail that's not so noticeable as a as a recruiter what's noticeable mm -hmm. is your response to it you know because we all know we're going to punch out or we all know we're going to have a bat at bat we all know we're going to you know we're going to chase a slider in the dirt that we have no business swinging at now what do you do you know how good a teammate are you now and i i that's a really difficult thing for kids to do but understanding that hey you know what we all do it. So you're ripping your batting gloves off, throwing your helmet, tossing your bat, um, yelling at the pitcher to throw you a fastball instead of a slider. Uh, yeah. Any and all of those things, your body language, the way you come back into the dugout, acknowledge your teammates and your coaches, all those things are things that coaches and I think recruiters end up picking up on as much as anything because you're going to fail when you're here, you know, when you're at the next level, when you're at the next level. And, and how do you handle it? Are you selfish and are you going to turn all the attention to yourself and to you and, you know, because you should be hitting a thousand? Uh, uh -huh. Are you going to understand that that's part of the game and try to, you know, try to figure out what it was or what, what part of your routine that you weren't into and invest yourself into the next step after that your teammates going to have and find a way to not suck the team down with your, you know, negative energy, your negative response, you know, those, being a teammate like that and understanding that that's, you know, you're, nobody wants to be out. Nobody wants to, to fail, but learning how to fail the right way is a, is a big part of it. And it, the best way I found to deal with failure is go to the next task and right. be good at the next task. Yeah. So if as an outfielder, if I strike out, uh, yeah, my emotions are not happy. I'm not happy that I just struck out. And some people would say, well, you know, some guys are just different that way. That's not true. Mm -hmm. uh, I had as many emotions, and guys have them, as anybody else. Like you said, it's how you deal with them. Right. When I would strike out, there were times I wanted to beat my bat against the Gatorade cooler. Right. Because I'm mad at myself. But what I realized is that's so short-lived. Let's go play some defense. Let's go uh, – or you see, this is the biggest example I've ever seen is when the guy strikes out, the ball goes past the catcher, and he's not <laughs> even running to first base. Right. Right. His failure right there is killing the team because he's so worried about himself that he's not running first base. The cool thing is 
I loved it when stuff like that happened because I failed, but then I still get an opportunity to try to score a run or steal right. a bag or do something magnificent on the bases. When you do that, everybody forgot you struck out. I just scored the game winning run. <laughs> yep. Yep. And, and that, that all that negative energy and that negative feeling you had. And even when they get down to first base, their body language, you can tell a guy if his yep. body language is bad, he's just, he's not understanding the entirety of the process. He's worried about himself. I was excited when you're on first base after that happened. Oh, he got me, but I'm about to get him now. Right. There's other opportunities in the game. Go first to third. Do a head first slide going into first to third uh, after you struck out. And now your your team's in a good spot. You got one out and you're first and third and you're jazzed up. The third base coach is jazzed up. The team's like, yeah, now we're rolling. Right. And it all started because after that punchy, you ran down to first and we're safe. How contagious is that, right? How, you know, how it, it absolutely is. And that's, that's the opportunity you have, even, even in failure, to affect your team positively. Mm-hmm. You know? Or you can go the other way because it's just as contagious on the negative side of it. And when dudes are dodging helmets and bats in the dugout, you know, ain't nobody feel real good about it. No, no, especially, especially. So the people who do those things inevitably over time become leaders. Yep. On the team. Yep. They're bringing that energy. They're bringing that right mindset. The other guys, what happens is no matter how talented they are, all of a sudden they're just out of the game. Whatever happened to him. Right. Right. He's just gone. Nobody wants to play with that guy. No, no. It's when the show's about them 24 seven, it gets really old. (laughs) Right. Right. And that energy is contagious. Negativity is contagious, just like positive attitude is contagious. And we're going back to things that we can control. You can control your attitude. You can control your emotions. You can control uh, being happy and coming into the dugout and being like, all right, boys, let's go. Today's a great day to play some ball. Let's get it after it. Let's have some fun and let's, let's beat them. Let's go out there and beat their butts. Right. Right. So if you go to the park with that mindset, the game's so much funner. You're, you're having a common goal in mind. And then when the negative Sally does come out, which they always do. Sure. Everybody can just shrug them off a lot easier. Right. Right. And if you really, and if they, I don't know if this happens in showcase baseball, but we asked them to do it in college. But if, if you really, you know, when you, when you get those leaders that, that are able to, to bring that energy every single day, hopefully that, that positive leader will end up going to old negative Sally and going, Hey man, we, we don't need it. Yeah. We don't need it. We don't need. We don't need what you are right now. Not not the player, just the person. You know what you can control. So change your face. Uh, and I've seen the some extreme talent cases. I mean, guys that were way better than me. I you know I can admit when a guy's better than me skill wise, not baseball player wise. I, right. I ran circles around them all day on the field, but as far as skill set, they were faster than me. They could hit the ball further. They had a better arm. Like on paper. That, this guy is a, a shoe-in, no-brainer. He's going to be out of this world good. Right. And his attitude killed him. His right. mindset killed him. That, that got him out of the game. Yep. It wasn't nothing more than that. It wasn't, it wasn't that his skill set wasn't good enough. It wasn't that he could achieve some serious goals. And for any parent listening, it's going to start with you. And no it's doubt. a lot of pressure. That's a lot of pressure to say – if you see your kid hanging their head and when kids are young, I think the number one thing that they need is encouragement. Yeah. They need to be encouraged. And I was lucky, the luckiest guy on planet to have great parents as I was going through playing baseball and in life, they, all they cared about was, did you, did you play hard? That was their concern. They always told me and, and they didn't have to tell me very often, but if they're going to take the time, and any kid that's parents are taking them to ball games and doing this kids, you're very lucky that you have somebody that cares enough to do these things for you. If they're going to take the time out of their day and they're going to pay the money or whatever it is to give me some opportunities, you go out there and at least show us you're trying. Yep. That's what they cared about. And then the baseball stuff, you know, they tried to, they kind of stayed out of the way. Uh, my dad was a pretty good ball player, but I hit a certain level where, He's like, you know, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> right. He played in high school. And that's okay if you're a dad out there that you've only played in high school and your 14-year-old son's really, really good and maybe has a chance to go play college ball one day. 
don't feel like you're going to be a failure as a dad and you have to do more. Cause I think that's what most parents do. I need to do more uh, for my kid. So he's got an opportunity kind of lead by example, be a positive, encouraging parent, and then trust the coaches and trust the people around him uh, as mentors to help develop him. Right. Well, and, and hopefully as a parent, you've put, you know, and, and if, you know, I know your parents did and um, you, you know, by showing your kid how to act and how to be and, and expecting them to do nothing more than to enjoy it and play hard, you're putting them in, you know, and growing them in a mindset that they are going to be able to, when they reach the age of 14 or 15, surround themselves with people that are going to be able to help them. Um, mm -hmm. and, co and, and search coaches and, and um, instructors or whatever that are going to be able to, to help them succeed at that higher level. Um, and that, that is, I mean, like, a, you know, I'm going, going through it now with my son that's 10. I'm going through it now with our kids that are 18 to 22. Um, you know, we, you know, the fall, you know what the fall is in college baseball, uh, mm -hmm. junior college level. It is, it is about – is it about understanding what matters to the group and putting all of your effort and your energy, which are two things that you can control into the group being as good as it can possibly be. Now that could be winning 20 games. That could be winning 40 games. I don't know. That all depends on the talent of the group. Mm -hmm. but, but if you, if you invest all of your time and your energy into that group and into the group being as good as they can possibly be, and you're a part of it, so you've got to invest in what you can possibly be, then you're doing all that can be asked. And that has, um, you know, th those are the goals. And, and as you said, you know, you can play hard. So go play hard. I'll take you to, you know, if you've got a parent that's willing to take you to games and showcase tournaments that are all over the darn country and, you know, they're driving 14 hours just to watch you play or to get you there to the field, the least you can do is bust your butt down to first base and – uh, so, you know, so, so that your mom or your dad that drove you down eight hours to Houston to go play in a showcase tournament can say, at least my kid's playing hard. That's right. And, you know, it goes back to, we're not owed anything. That's right. That's right. And, and as a team aspect, and this is, uh, the whole, one of the big mindsets to get your game right. The whole aspect is how do you as a player understand your skill set enough to add the most value to that team possible? And that will help you. Uh, get to the next level, the next level, whatever your skill set is, it will make you the best player possible. I promise. If you're, if you're a, a speed guy, learn to run the bases, learn how to bunt the baseball, do the things like that, that play well into your skill set for the team. Cause I promise you there's a role for everybody in baseball. That's one of the cool things about baseball. It's different than other sports. You don't have to be big. You don't have to be this. You don't have to be that. Learn your skill set and make that skill set as valuable for a team as possible. And you can be a Billy Hamilton. Yeah. Embrace what you are. And, and, you know, that's exactly right for Billy Hamilton or like, you know, here's, you know, kind of a question. And we, we, we do this with our, with our offensive players here too. Um, you know, who's the all time hits leader in major league baseball. Pete Rose. Exactly. P. Rose averaged like eight home runs a year. You know, it, it wasn't the guy. The guy did nothing exceptional except for hit. Um, mm -hmm. He wasn't a you know, he wasn't a bomber. He stole like ten bags a year. He wasn't a runner. Um, he played all over the field, first, left, second, wherever they had to stick him. Um, you know, and there's examples of guys like that even in even in modern day baseball now. Daniel Murphy. Um, yep. You know, he's, he plays second base. Is he a plus defender? I don't know, he's as good as he can be there. Um, if they move him to first, he'll go play first. What does he do? He hits. Does he hit a bunch of home runs? No, he here. You know, so in comparison, that's his role. His role is to hit. Hit, be mm -hmm. as good a defender as he can be, you know. And like you said, what's Billy Hamilton's job? Go be fast. Steal bases. Figure out how to change a game, you know, with your legs defensively and, you know, bunt and pressure defenders and all those things. And if you could, the sooner you can learn that and be realistic about what you are and what you, you know, what you're capable of doing as a player, this, I think you will again, simplify the game for yourself and, and know that, yeah, I'm pretty fast. I don't necessarily need to work on hitting the ball in the air and over the fence. 
I need to work on mm-hmm. money and I need to work on hitting ground balls to the left side of the infield. And I need mm-hmm. to, you know, find a place where I can play defense and learn how to steal bags and learn how to read balls in the dirt and go first to third and all those things that don't, you know, that, that my skill set is, is set up to do that don't require me to, you know, to try to leave the yard. Cause now you're adding a component to your game that isn't a strength and is unrealistic in terms of what you're going to be asked to at that level. So you can only be up. as sexy as you are, <laughs> you know, we, everybody wants to be sexy and hit, hit home runs and trot the bases and, and make the outstanding play uh, that gets, you know, the web gym, but can you make the routine play, make the routine play every time. Don't, you don't have to be the guy that can lay out over in the six hole. And for those of you that don't know, okay, shortstop that can lay out in the six hole and they can throw the ball. 92 across the diamond. Look at David Eckstein. Exactly. World Series MVP. Yep. Yep. You know, so don't think that your skill set's not good enough. Be realistic with it. Know what you're good at and how you can apply it to add value to your team today. It's very simple. Be good at what you're good at. Be good at what you're good at. Don't try to do so. Don't don't try to be good at something you're not. And there's no... There's no harm. There's no, um, there's no less um, importance in fielding the average ground ball or the average fly ball. Catch it. You know how many times I wish my ten-year-old team's fielders caught the average fly ball? <laughs> yeah. It uh, it would have it would have made weekends go by so much faster. <laughs> yeah. And that this all circles back to how being a team player will make you a better player. Right. And this is, this is some of the stuff that's getting lost in baseball today, and I think it's a huge emphasis that needs we need to try to resurrect in the game at whatever capacity we could do it the way baseball is structured now. It's very relevant. Being a team guy, just like what we're talking about here, by you doing that, it's saying to me you're a team player. Not only is it making you a team player, it's making you a better baseball player individually. Right. So it's a win, 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 win. Right. And that needs to be celebrated. So those things, you know, the average play needs to be celebrated because like you said, you know, the ESPN, you know, web gem play or the home run where a guy's trotting around, it's on TV now. Right. So, and it's been on TV. So that's what a generation of people have grown up with, but, but celebrating the effort, celebrating the attitude, celebrating the routine um, and doing stuff like you're doing with your podcast, you know, with the platform that you have, helping people understand that you can gather and gain success and traction in this game and, and go as far as your, your talent level uh, will allow you to based on team aspects of the game and not making it about you. Um, And the more people that understand that, the more we celebrate it as coaches and as purveyors of the game, I think the more kids will start to understand that too. Well, I absolutely love it. I think that it's – the funny thing is it's as old as the game itself, this, these ideas and these concepts. The modern-day game is trying to always change, and everybody's trying to get an edge and do, do it the way they think should be better. In reality, if you go back in time and, and see the guys who have been successful, these aspects are what made them successful. Yeah. So we, we got to jump out of we got to jump out of this current mindset to a point. I think there are some tools and cool things that, that are happening in the game. Sure. But also understand what's it all about. And that's making good human beings. Sports is a very unique opportunity to bring a group of guys together who would have no business being together without having a common interest like baseball. Right. Some of my best friends to this day are guys I played baseball with. Right. Yeah. It's very it, powerful. It, it is. There's no question. And that, uh, you know, it's it, the, the guy in the locker room that's invested in other people and trying to do things to help them be successful is, first of all, going to be successful himself. But second of all, going to end up in the same situation as you, which is having people that are in his wedding that were on that team uh, and being in those guys' weddings and, and continuing those lasting friendships. Um you know, moving forward because they invested in other people and were unselfish and, and played their role and understood their role. Um, 
and, and helped, you know, control the things that they can control. And they became a much, you know, the enjoyable person to be around and a great teammate as, a, as opposed to the guy that's not in the game anymore, no matter how talented he was. Yes. Crooks, I love it. The, the stuff that you're doing, uh, you're a great human. It's, it's, it's inevitable that, that you'll be successful uh, throughout the rest of your coaching career. I wish you nothing but the best. And thanks so much for being on the show and, and dropping this knowledge on us. I think it's things that people need to hear. And uh, for you to be on, uh, I'm honored. Well, I'm, I'm honored that you have me. I'm, I can't tell you how proud I am of, of all that you've done and all that you're continuing to do. I, I wish you nothing but the best, but I know that you're going to achieve it because I know how you work. And uh, I know the kind of person and the, and the character attributes that you have as well. So it's been my pleasure and I, I really appreciate it. And I, and I know this is going to be, you know, successful moving forward. Awesome. This is get your game, right? We're going to wrap it up. That's Kyle Crooks, uh, central Missouri university head coach. Uh, we talked about the team aspect a lot it's important so let's go out there and start investing in a team let's start investing in other people to realize that's going to benefit your skill set thanks so much for listening uh if you have any comments anything leave them follow us on facebook follow us on instagram twitter uh we're, we're trying to do good things we love your feedback it's important to us thanks again kyle have a great day all right you too annie take care bye